Welcome to the Madison Academy Tesseract Podcast, where we talk about the four dimensions of the educational program at Madison Academy on how we equip high school students to be inspired seekers, empowered scholars, devoted servants, and invested stewards. I'm Miss VP, and I'm this week's host. With us today, we have Albert Dittis, the well-known Kentucky, Tennessee Adventist historian. So I think that's just natural to go into our first question is, Albert, have you always been interested in history? Uh, I always have. Ever since I was a kid, I loved reading uh, history stories and books when I was growing mm-hmm. up. And my, I just never changed. Never changed in college? Did you continue with that love? And then you wound up majoring in history in college. Oh, wow. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, my uh, major professor wanted me to go on and get a master's and doctorate uh, in history, which I could have done, but there were two issues. One is I didn't know what kind of history I wanted to study. Right. And another, I felt the Lord calling me to the ministry, so I went to seminary and studied for the Adventist ministry. Oh, wow. Okay. And so later, um, you weren't always a pastor. Um, what I, took you after, what happened after that? I spent 12 and a half years in the pastoral ministry. I was, uh, I, I was always though. I never felt my future lay, lay in the pastoral ministry. I was, interested, you know, in writing, mm-hmm. you know, history, public relations, uh, journalism. But I uh, took a leave of absence. I earned a master's degree in journalism. Oh. And then I uh, worked in public relations for a few years, and then uh, also got into teaching, taught journalism, and oh, a few college, Tennessee State University. I taught there one semester in Ball wow. State and Gallatin. Wow. And I also did some newspaper reporting for the. Uh, Nashville Banner and later later on Tennessean. So I always like to write. So that's and then and that's what got me into the Madison story here. That is so perfect because like with that background of loving history, uh, the pastoral ministry, understanding our Adventist pioneers, and just that love to write has allowed you to really look at um, the Madison College story and the pioneers here. I think you've written four books that's right. just about yeah, Madison College yeah, pioneers. That's right. Well, it, it's a fascinating story. They're fascinating people. So what, and, uh, what, what sparked this fascination for you about Madison College? Well, my family is deeply rooted here. Uh, my grandfather had two first cousins who taught here. They, were, they came here shortly after the pioneers. Oh, wow. About 1910, 19, you know, about then. And so for those that don't know, are the pioneers that Albert is talking about is E.A. Sutherland That's and right. K.T. McGann. That's right. Okay, so they came right after uh, E.A. Sutherland and yeah, McGann. They worked under them. Oh, okay. <laughs> And uh, one was a, a dietitian, and another was a nurse, Francis and Florence Dittus. But it was through the influence of Francis Dittus that my father got to go to college and medical school. His parents wow. were German-American immigrants. They operated a mom-and-pop's grocery store on Long Island in New York. Mm-hmm. And had his life taken his normal course, he would have been a grocer. But uh, through Aunt Francis' mm-hmm. <laughs> influence, he came to college here and then went on to medical school at Loma Linda. And then he came back to Tennessee. He he saw patients in Portland, Tennessee for 53 years. Wow. I think So I grew up in the Highland Adventist community there. That is so fascinating that, um, you know, people from all over came to Madison to just yeah. get a start and to do something amazing. I, I was recently visiting some family in Texas, and they had a sweet neighbor friend who her best friend, this neighbor friend is like 90, okay, and her best friend came to Madison College so she could become a nurse. And she didn't have a penny to her name. 
she just had grocery sacks with her clothes and then came to school, was able to become a nurse and then came back to Texas and lived a great life and was able to support her family that way. Absolutely fascinating. Um, so more about your dad, like you had mentioned, you know, his, his family, they had a, a grocery store on Long Island. How did he just like, obviously there's influence from Aunt Frances, but how did he decide to become a doctor out of all things? Well, that, I don't know. He just said, I remember hearing him saying that he had, he had thought of being a doctor. He had made friends with a chiropractor one time and uh -huh. thought that, you know, he could do that. But when Aunt Frances came along, she says, well, just, you know. Why don't you come to Madison with me? We have a pre-med program, and then we have a medical school in Southern California, and that seemed to make more sense. And so, so he started that's what here, he did. and then he continued but on to Loma Linda. I, I, it's it's a great mystery because he always said his his folks didn't really believe in doctors. See, they were very religious, and they believed in faith. You know, and oh wow, yeah, there's like <laughs> divine healing. <laughs> there's like that denomination, like Christian Science, yeah. where they're like they will pray away all the sicknesses. Yeah. Yeah, um, they, they, yeah, they weren't Christian scientists, but that's that was but I that think, was the, the way idea. Their, uh, their minds work. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. And so, you know, his his schooling, I guess, your family schooling here at Madison Madison College, and that it gave your dad such a, a hand up. Yeah. In his future, really influenced a lot. Um, what is the one thing you want people to know about Madison College? Like, as you're writing these things. What is the underlying theme that's going on in your head? Well, Madison College has impacted every Adventist in the world in one way or another. It's wow. A, yeah. That's a, that's a pretty lofty statement that's right, right there. That's right. Major, for one thing, the Southern Union mm -hmm. is the largest, strongest union in North America in terms of membership and also finance. So I remember you had and, written about this in the Madison College survey, which, by the way, listeners, Albert writes for um, the college alumni the Madison College survey, and people can read it. If they, if they want to read this, yes. they can, they can uh, sign up to get the Madison College survey. I'll, I'll share some information about that. But I read that article where you said that the Southern Union had the largest population. Now I'm a California girl and grew up in Los Angeles. California is the most populated state. Yeah. And I was like, how is that possible? Like from a statistics standpoint, there should be more Adventists in California than anywhere else. So like the Pacific Union should be the largest union out of the NAD. And I, I went and I looked on the websites like of all our union. Um, and sure enough, in the statistics, it was the Southern <laughs> Union and it blew me away. It blew me away. OK, so continue on. Like, OK, well, now part of the reason is that the match had a lot to do with Loma Linda. Oh. See, now, now one of the co-founders here, Percy McGann, after being here 10 years, he went to Loma Linda. He was dean and, and then later president. He went there to develop the Los Angeles campus. The White made, Memorial. White Memorial Hospital. Wow. And uh, Madison, his some of his biggest financial donors lived right here at Madison. One of them. There were several, you know. Right. One personal fortune is not enough for a medical school. But uh, they had a lot to do with, uh, with Loma Linda now. They sent a lot of money there they needed here, and he encouraged the Madison students to come back south. He'd line up internships and, mm -hmm. and, and, and another way because he knew how badly they needed doctors. Right. The south was desperate That's for right. you know, some well, medical see, practitioners. In, in those days, the south was an underprivileged area recovering from the Civil War. Mm -hmm. And people like you and me who have college degrees didn't want to go south. You know, Right. <laughs> we had families, you know. 
It was a war-torn, um, like the Civil War did not do good things for well, this area. Sometimes it takes 100 years to recover from a war. Oh, man. And yeah, and you think of when did the Civil and, War end? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, it, and Madison College started in 1904. It had not been 100 years yet. Well, now, when I was a kid, uh, the South was still, you know, backward, underprivileged kind of an area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's come a long way. Yeah, now, of course... Uh, we're just like like everyone else. But Madison College, you know, had played a huge influence by, you know, helping anyone mm. get an education because we had an industry that allowed any student to study here and they could pay for their entire school. That, yeah. And then they would send them to Loma Linda to become doctors and then they would come back. P.T. Yeah. McGann helped with that. That's right. And uh, to make that possible, these teachers had to be willing to work for just token wages, like $10 a month, if that. Oh my goodness! Ten dollars a month. Uh, I was reading the early minutes. They, but they, 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 well, they felt well. They could raise the salaries, but that was the only way to make it possible for the kids to earn their way. But of course, you know, they lived on campus. They could eat in the cafeteria, and you know, right. they, you know, they, 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 they got along okay. But they had to, yeah, had to be willing to work without money. So you know, there was this huge ministry from the teachers' standpoint of you know this was a mission field, being able to help young people to get an education, to then come back, or, you know, they had their, they did nursing and, and different things here, to disperse in the South, to then share the ministry again. Right. Well, many of the early students came here intending to go out and start schools of their own, which many of them did. Oh, and so how many spinoff of schools have there been? Oh, there were 10 or 20. Some of them made it and some did not. Oh, I did not but, know that. But, uh, yeah. Well, that, I knew some was, didn't make it, but I right. didn't realize that well, so, number was so large. See, then then the South was a mission field. You know? Yeah. And uh, I saw E.A. Sutherland wrote one place that uh, conference, uh, Adventists there would go anywhere but the South. You know, if you want to be a conference worker, you know, India, fine, China, Africa, wonderful. The South, uh-huh. ugh. Not so much. Know? And uh, But they encourage, you know, people to come come to the South and go out. And that was one way they followed Ellen White. They didn't put all their energy into one place. Right. Dr. Kellogg put all his energy into Battle Creek. <laughs> right. But, wow. So that influence right there of Madison College mm-hmm. was huge. I think the other other big thing is because we were a work-study campus. Yeah. You know, you had people who knew how to work. That's because right. they realized they had to work in order to go to school and so when I talked to some I was talking to a church member at Madison campus this last Sabbath, and she said that she had grown up on a farm, and so she did a day's work before she went to school. <laughs> then she went to school, and then she went home and did another day's yeah. work. And mind you, that she was at a boarding school. She had to work on campus as well, but she thought it was super easy because, oh, it's nothing compared to the, the work that I have to do on the farm at my home. <laughs> um and that's what our kids had to do here. They had yeah. to work so hard in order to afford this, um, to afford their education. Well, for people like that, hard work is no problem, and they turn out to be productive. They turn out to be productive. <laughs> and I think one of the reasons why the Southern Union has the largest population, because they're like, well, we got we to gotta share the good news. It's our job. Let's go out there. <laughs> right. Oh, that is so cool to know the connections. We're going to have to do probably a story on, you know, how Madison College influenced Loma Linda because everyone knows who Loma Linda is. That's a big story, yeah. But not everyone knows about Madison College. So I, w- I would love to explore that more on another podcast. Um, but here's my final question for you. Are you ready for it? 
Go ahead. Okay. Are there any cool projects coming up that you're working on? Uh, yes. Um, we have a, a state uh, history marker, you know, in the making. Oh. We want to mount it uh, there uh, near the Cumberland River where the Morning Star landed. The it's Morning o- Star Ferry. Yeah, Morning Star Ferry, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's near the Cumberland River, near Cumberland View Towers. Uh, it was that Cheyenne Drive that goes by there. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, but uh, we've we've done the research. We've written the copy. It's in the hands of the State Historical Commission. So, for those that don't know much about the history of Madison College, why is the Morning Star Ferry so significant? Oh, that's where the boat landed, where the pioneers came and discovered this place. Oh, they came here with Ellen White, and she said, "This is the place, you know, to think that uh, where you need to put your school." See, their idea they wanted to go out in the mountains of East Tennessee, where uh-huh. They'd be remote and free to do what they wanted. What they to do. wanted. Yeah. Well, the way the Lord has said that should be done, not have mm-hmm. interference from you know other people. But Sister White said, "No, you need to be in Matt Nashville. You need a strong presence here. Nashville is a center of influence. Wow! And it's a bigger center of influence now than it was then. Oh yeah, they call Nashville and, the Athens of the South because there's so many educational um, opportunities out here and medical and yeah. <laughs> publishing and. And cultural. <laughs> so, so this is so cool. I think we're also going to have to do another podcast just on the Morning Star Ferry. Um, for our listeners, we're actually once this is all approved, we're going to have a dedication. Correct? That's right. That'll be the that'll be the next step. So and so we'll let you all know about this so you can be part of it. Albert, I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us about Madison College's history and for the work that you've done with the Madison College Survey and all of your books that you've written to capture the story and the importance of these stories of our of our Madison College founders. Thank you so much. Okay, it's been a pleasure, Kalise. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tesseract Podcast. If you have any topics that you would like to be discussed or want to be a guest on our show, email me, Mrs. VP, at development at madisonacademy.com.